Welcome everyone. This is the Preparing for Fall 2021 Retrograde Workshop. And I wanted to just make a quick note that we started with retrogrades back in May and we have quite a bit of retrograde energy currently. Plus we have one more Mercury retrograde in Libra that's coming up. I'm not going to focus on that right now because it doesn't even start for another month, but we are going to talk through everything that's currently retrograde and that will be retrograde for a little bit. And then also remember, um, if you've listened to the yearly forecast, I talked about how these, this retrograde season was a story within a story and that the retrograde season was sort of prepping us to figure out our individuality and who we were in the world before we got to 2022. And when we get to 2022, the Uranus retrograde ends mid-January early January, maybe early to mid January. And, um, then the United States as a country has its Pluto return in February of 2022. So we're kind of cruising for, um, a possible, right. Pluto isn't always bad. Pluto can be resurrection energy, right. Pluto can be purification energy. Um, usually purification for, of the ego, which can be painful uh, for a lot of people if they're living in their ego. But um, the Pluto return is usually a big deal where the undeniable makes its way and um, we kind of get at the root and the underworld of an issue. And so in that way, we are going to be... Um, unfolding as hum as individuals within the group and then as a group we will unfold and traditionally Pluto returns for countries can involve social unrest climate crises right things like that which we're already start sort of starting to see tech breakdowns um things like that this got bright real quick in my eyes <laughs> so I'm talking about celestial bodies today not just planets so we're also talking about some asteroids as you evaluate them, how it means for you, you want to look and find where this celestial body is in your natal chart and read a little bit about that, right? How does this element already show up in your life, in your personality? Then you want to look where the transiting body is and what house it falls in, in your chart. And you can do that really easily on Astro Future astro.com on a desktop is free astro future for the asteroids you have to pay i think like 99 cents so um but typically right you are going to get a really strong idea of how that asteroid is going to show up in your life and what kind of situations you might be expecting and then you want to look at aspects that are occurring between your natal chart and this transit if you get into your chart and it, you see that your moon is conjunct this asteroid retrograde or your sun is conjunct or you have trines or you have oppositions to this transiting body in your birth chart, it's going to show up more for you, right? Um, some people will go in and look and they will have no aspects to this asteroid. None of nothing in their chart is interacting much with it. And so they may not feel those retrogrades too intensely right now. And, and in that way, um, maybe a sigh of relief and then maybe a little bit of like, 
but when will you, right? Some of the things <clears throat> are stationary enough that the moon is hitting them frequently. And so during the retrograde, when the moons are conjunct, these uh, retrogrades, we will all as a human consciousness feel things internally because because the retrogrades focus the energy inward so the moon is our inner world and it, as it gets closer to some retrogrades we'll feel it a little bit more and then my favorite thing to kind of do is if i do have some aspects to a celestial body that's in retrograde i look at fixed stars around both my natal placement and the fixed stars around the transiting placements um because i believe that the fixed stars are like a map and so where things are on the map are relative to what they are near in my opinion not everyone likes to look at fixed stars <laughs> but i love them and you can always find um on astro.com their fixed star list is like exhausting it's huge and so if you go to astrology king.com he has a fixed star like compendium by zodiac sign. And I refer to that frequently. Now, um, the first thing I'm going to talk about is an uh, folus. It's an asteroid and it's retrograde in Capricorn and energetically it connects us. It's like a hyperlink um, to Neptune, which is also in retrograde and in Pisces. This is retrograde until September 22nd. There is a lot of, this is a really new-ish asteroid. I mean, it's not new. Our discovery of it is new. Um, and so um, when we are looking at it, there's a lot of, there's a lot of uh, storytelling, which I love online. You have to really connect to where it is in your chart and what you think about it. Um, it's similar to Chiron. So it's a centaur as well. Uh, if you look into the mythology of Pholus, there's um, some fun stories there between Pholus and Chiron. And the reason it was named is because it has similar sort of activity. It's spontaneous. Um, Pholus died by accidentally stabbing himself uh, with an arrow that was meant for somebody else. And so it's kind of like a hijink type asteroid. Um, and what things that are connected to Pholus retrograde, right? Like when a new planetary body is formed or found, um, astrologers will look back at its transits and say, oh, okay, it does line up like with this and this and this and this. And so you get a little bit of confirmation there as well. And a lot of people talk about Pholus as, uh, taking the lid off of the box you try to keep private, right? Some astrologers talk about it exploding, whatever it touches, and so you want to kind of look for where it is in your natal chart, look for where it is transiting, and you want to look for it in your monthly lunar calendar. When the moon is in Capricorn, conjunct Pholus retrograde, just look at the past three months, right? Look at those moon and Capricorn dates and see, oh, okay, when it was at such and such degrees, what happened that day? And see if you might have had some, we have these little bursts of things happening all the time. Um, and so that's a fun activity that I like to do retroactively, because if you're not thinking about it at the time, then sometimes, you know, you, then you can pretty much guarantee it wasn't a self-fulfilled prophecy or some kind of like opting into drama because you expected it. Uh, a few of the things with the fullest retrograde in Capricorn, I tend to feel it more as a spontaneous shift, right? In your natal 
chart, I think of Folis as this is where you have a gift. Whether the gift is truly a blessing or a curse is kind of up to you. It will be, it will always be something related to Folis, I feel that is debatable, right? Um, and maybe, maybe you look at it and you think, oh, but I don't like that, but you know, it's kind of part of your life plan. Sometimes Folis will point that out for us, um, in the birth chart. And when it's retrograde, when we say it explodes, what it touches, or it takes the, the lid off or takes the veil away, it's going to take something you're repressing out of you. Right. So this aspect lasts, um, Let's go back until September 22nd. That's the day after the autumnal equinox. So there's significant timing in there as well. And it's something we should be doing here um, as we wrap up summer, <clears throat> as we get closer to the autumn equinox, you want to be going over like with, especially with all these retrogrades, what inside of me did I cultivate? What did I nurture? What did I hone? What came up that I tried to repress or what did I run from? What was painful, right? Because we're looking inward with Folis and we're constantly sort of evaluating how we're showing up. Um, for, and I'll give my example, right? I was born with my Folis in Pisces, my intuitive psychic giftings, some would say are a blessing and some would say are a curse, right? Um, it, it can be very, especially the mediumship stuff that you guys know I run away from constantly. A lot of that is my folus. And when the moon moves through, through right, in this retrograde, I tend to have spurts of activity in that gifting as well. Um, and so you just kind of want to keep an eye on it. This centaur placement also does interact with Chiron. It interplays with Neptune. So when you're thinking of your wounded healer, when you're thinking of your spirituality and your dreamlike, and when all three of them are retrograde, it can be even more intense. So um, just remember that you want to see where they are and, and just kind of consider what they might be. Where is your folus? What sign and what house? And see if that um, opens up any little doorways for you. Jupiter retrograde um, is currently back in Aquarius, right? So it had moved on to Pisces and then retrograded through Pisces a bit and then retrograded back into Aquarius. It will be retrograding Aquarius until October 18th. This is significant because Saturn is also retrograde. And on the winter solstice of 2020, we had the big, great conjunction, right? Between Saturn and Jupiter in Aquarius. And it triggered something for the world, right? For the world at large, huge trigger into Aquarian thinking. Um, the problem then became <laughs> that we lived that as a world. And then these bodies went retrograde, um, Saturn starting in May then it became the internal focus of what does this all mean for me as a human? Um, and so Jupiter, when we look at Jupiter retrogrades, some of the things you want to work on, um, you know, conjuring up a life path that moves you, that's part of your life, right? That, that has passions involved in it. You want to work with your Venus and Mars in this regard as well. You want to look at um, how do you make connections from your birth chart and go back into your childhood? This is something I've been covering a lot in the astro astrology storytelling 
is that there's so much nurture that oftentimes when a woman is born with Mars and Aries, for instance, she's, she's nurtured out of it often too much, too bold, quiet down, right? That's too aggressive. Um, whereas where your Jupiter placements are can explain how you expand. Maybe your Jupiter is placed somewhere that's really wild and you were raised to be very, you know, uh, domesticated. And so kind of rewilding yourself might be important. Or if you were born with a Jupiter, you know, in Pisces and, and you're really expansive in the dream world, right. And you're like an accountant, maybe, maybe you need to, you know, conjure up some more of who you are and see how you can apply it without making huge shifts. You can start to move the needle a little bit. You want to look at it as, um, expanding your inner voice, um, yes. And Jupiter, any retrograde that you're born under Jupiter retrogrades will be the time when you can kind of feel yourself clearly. That's one thing that retrograde natives usually experience. We see it really clearly, like with Mercury retrograde, when you're born under Mercury retrograde, you're like always kind of fumbly, especially with text and communications. You might be really like, um, disoriented, bad at you know, like scheduling things, right? You might have this kind of fumbly bumbly experience in life, but then when Mercury goes retrograde and the world falls apart, you suddenly can operate well in that fumbly experience, right? Like you do well in the retrograde environment. So while you'll still be turning inward, if you're born under Jupiter retrograde, you'll still be turning inward, but it'll start to make sense. You'll get deeper right? You will, you will see who you are a little clearly. Jupiter retrogrades in life tend to get a little delusional at times, right? Because they're always trying to figure it all out on the inside where um, the world is processing things on the outside and they're expanding globally. Um, a Jupiter retrograde native is always trying to pull it inward, if that makes sense. And so during a Jupiter retrograde, you tend to feel it along with other people and you, and you can make some great leaps and bounds. If you're born under a retrograde, a lot of the work that you'll do when the planet is stationed direct is honoring your retrograde position. And where is that a benefit to society? Right. And where can you show up with that energy in a way that serves human consciousness for other people, right? And kind of helps you, um, like this would be where people who are science fiction writers, right? They're, they're able to go in and create all sorts of worlds and illusions and, and conjure up whole different things. And um, while the rest of the world is really outwardly focused. And so um, for instance, I'll use myself in this example. <laughs> again and always right don't want to call anyone else out i'm a chiron retrograde native so i was born under a chiron retrograde and um i'm always unearthing deep childhood stuff from me and other people and right like it's a consistent part of my personality and i've used that to become you know an energy coach and a psychic and a tarot reader because i can always sort of get at that wound right? I can always kind of see into the wound really deeply. And so um, that's how I've applied my retrograde to the world. Um, and during retrogrades, when everyone is feeling the Chiron retrograde, 
I actually have an easier time, <laughs> right? Like I can flow much easier than, than other people, um, <laughs> than the commoners. No, that's not how I meant it at all. Did you hear the way I said that? <laughs> than other people as if I'm like, you know, but, um, that's not how I meant it all, but you want to work with that. So if you're born under a Jupiter retrograde, you're probably always in your head about like, how do I show up and how can I be more me? And this is stifling and I want to be like this, but you're in your head and you're cycling through it where during a global Jupiter retrograde, you might be like, oh yes, this is where I can put it. Right. Because everyone's in their heads and, and, and you don't feel so much like an outsider and the energies themselves allow it to come out of you. Almost like, um, I'm seeing that like, and I, it's been so long since I've learned about the sodium channels that I don't even want to get into it. But like when, when the, <laughs> when like, um, when the outside of the gate matches the inside of the gate, things can flow freely, like that whole thing. I don't know why they show me visions like this. It's so awkward. Um, <clears throat> I was once on, once on an energy call and they showed me a defragmented defragmenting computer. And I had no idea what that meant. I hadn't even said that word before it gets really weird. Okay. So, and then with Jupiter retrograde, also in Aquarius, remember that Aquarians are like these mad geniuses, right? Aquarians can all, and that Aquarian energy does not ever fail. And Jupiter is a major, um, like loves that Aquarian energy, loves to expand people's minds. And when you get into, um, yeah, I'm going to say it like the outer realms of the universe, Jupiter's looking at the horizon, right? How far can we go? How far can we go? How far can we go? Jupiter think like Moana, right? There's, there's more fish outside of this area. We can, we can go find it. Um, Jupiter's got that energy and Aquarius is like, let's get out of here. Let's get out of this box, right? Let's go to the outer space if needed. And so this, this is a very expansive time. And so when you're focusing that inward, your weirdness is going to come out during a Jupiter retrograde during Jupiter retrograde. You're probably going to have way more instincts to just up and go or to take it, you know, take your meditations further, take your journaling is probably off the charts, like maybe even a little weird. And so during this time, you want to be thinking what has happened since the great conjunction in December, 2020, what happened globally until the retrograde started. And then after May, how have I been feeling in regards to this big change, big shift, um, growth now, Pluto <clears throat> is retrograde in Capricorn. Pluto's interesting. Um, it takes 250, 40, 45, 245 ish years for Pluto to go around the sun. Slow. So it's super slow, right? <laughs> um, and so it is in each sign for like 20 years, right? Um, don't check my math. It might be wrong. So it's, but it's about 20 years that Pluto is in each sign. So it's slow going. This is more like, um, it's classified more as like a generational placement, right? And so many people of the same generation will have similar Plutos and, um, this is where I, I feel like generations clash, right? Like back in my day or kids these days, it's that Pluto, right? That's like, they have actual base differences in how they interact with the underworld and existentialism and 
how they rise from darkness and all of that. It's different for the, each generation. And so you will find that most of the time, but not always remember, cause all it takes is one day to flip, right? You won't always have the same Pluto sign as your partner, but it wouldn't be weird for that to happen. Um, also people who have children young will, will can, and will have Plutos that are similar to their oldest children. And so, um, that's where I feel like, and this is me trying to figure out my family, right? My mom and her firstborn both have the same Pluto, right? And they, we always said he was her favorite, um, because they just basically saw the world the same way, right? And they saw how to do certain things the same way. And so they were very similar in that way. Um, and so you kind of can look at different dynamics like that also in the workplace. Now, Pluto in Capricorn is uncomfortable. Okay. Capricorn is a very solid earth element. Pluto wants to unearth things. Pluto wants to unbury things. Pluto wants to smash the concrete, right? And Capricorn wants to maintain the concrete and, and to maintain and any structural crack in the foundation, Capricorn wants to fix it where Pluto wants to blow it up, right? start over. And so it's a very uncomfortable, and this is where we're seeing, this is why our Pluto return uh, as a country is going to be so uncomfortable, I believe, because it's real base foundational type stuff that's kind of cracking. This retrograde lasts until early October, the 6th or the 7th, depending on where you live in the country and the world. Um, but what we are doing internally during a Pluto retrograde is shadow work, basically, right? And a lot of us in Discord have been saying shadow work season's been real this year, right? I hadn't, I didn't do a group coaching through it because I knew I'd be going through it as well. It didn't, it wasn't the season for me to coach. <laughs> um, I'm in it with everybody. I had some placements that I knew could be intense here. And so um, when we're looking at Pluto retrograde, we want to look at truly our dark side and how do we bring it into the light, right? So with Capricorn, where are our cracks in our foundation? What did we learn as children that was not right for us, right? Really look at those things. It doesn't mean you have to throw like the baby out with the bathwater, but you can look at the, at the foundation that was built for your life and reinvent it right internally so you can say things to yourself like um <laughs> and sorry just got somebody sent me a message privately so yes and pluto can be a real big mind bender right because you're looking deeply especially in capricorn you're looking deep into your foundations so I'll use myself as an example again, and all of you guys that have known me the last couple of years know that I've been in this process of what is of me and what is of the family that raised me. And I was an orphan, so I was raised by not my parents, right? And so what did they give me that was helpful and what was harmful and kind of undoing that and trying to find myself in all of this old trauma and this old amount of nurturing and even starting to see some of the stuff that the mother that raised me did that really did help me and that it's okay to take that and not some of the other things that she did and also you guys know that I've been learning um from my hoodoo teacher not to do hoodoo but how to connect to my ancestors right and this is a big part of Pluto return 
where did you come from, right? Who did you come from? How can you connect to them and not skip steps um, and have support by your ancestors and your spirit guides and tapping into that spiritual world helps you with the shadow work, right? It helps you see where your triggers are and then really evaluating your trigger. During a Pluto retrograde, leave no trigger unprocessed, right? If you get triggered up, process it to the best of your ability. And what I mean by that is, you know, when has this happened before? Who did it happen with? Um, how did I react then? How did I wish I would have reacted? Um, when have I done this in the world? When have I behaved like this? When have I had, you know, somebody say this about me? Really kind of trying to see yourself in it. Shadow work never changes the other person. I mean, sometimes it can, but truly the work of shadow work is to remove the trigger, not the irritant, right? So just like if you, you put on a shirt and the tag's bothering you, right? Um, many people can wear that shirt with that tag and they're not triggered by it, but something in you is extra sensitive to that. Energetically, the same thing can happen where a person will be talking. Not everyone in the room is going to be triggered by that person. So if you are super triggered, figure out why you're triggered. And then sometimes you can remove that energy altogether and it changes. And so during the Pluto retrograde, you're rebuilding foundations with your whole self. So before the nurture, before the triggers, before the trauma, who were you? What were you interested in? Sometimes you have to go back before age seven with Pluto, right? Because seven is when we start you know, in uh, anthroposophy, seven is when we start to cross that rainbow bridge out of imagination and into concrete abstract thinking, right? Um, so go back to who you were when you were just living in la-la land. What kind of things were you interested in? Um, most of my trauma happened before the age of seven. And so I have, I have to go back a little further than that. But you want to kind of get at the very foundation of who you are with Jupiter. And Saturn, because we're talking about them together. So Saturn retrograde lasts until October 10th, 11-ish, and is also currently in Aquarius, also was with the Great Conjunction in 2020. This is where we want to work on what gifts do we have inside of us that help us to build more into the concrete world. Um, and this is where we start to take some deep responsibility, right? Where can we start to put action into play? I always say that um, Saturn is like the, the time lord and taskmaster. So under a Saturn retrograde, we kind of have to apply that work, the work, the inner work it's going to take, setting up consistent programs for yourself, taking responsibility, making sure to like schedule in meditation, cultivating consistency, cultivating your practice. Um, we will also see our control issues and our trauma-guided resistance deeper under a Saturn retrograde. So what that tends to look like are um, specifically chronic control issues can show up as um, micromanaging of others or of the self or complete disregard to any sort of micromanaging. So um, being habitually late or being habitually messy, right? So that things will be harder and you end up late or you get to gain your power back in those ways. Sometimes that's the more trauma-guided resistance. If you were raised to be oppressively neat and orderly, you may be a complete slob as an adult, right? As your way of getting your power back. Saturn retrogrades will give you deeper insight into those things because um, once Saturn goes direct, it'll be go time. 
and you're going to be running on whatever foundation you created during this retrograde. So um, <clears throat> build something strong and resilient, right? And, and even while the sun is in Virgo, working with Saturn retrograde to create lists and schedules and things like that, while we have the internal insight and we can dig a little deeper into why we might resist being organized or consistent, um, will be very important because the goal is to bring what's inside of us out in a more clear fashion. And if we ourselves are confused about it, it's not going to translate to anybody outside of us. And, um, we're here to cultivate more of that, which is within us, which makes Neptune and retrograde in Pisces painful, right? So as we are going through this, um, we have had And I will say one of the things Neptune retrograde feels like to me, and this is until November 1st, Neptune retrograde in Pisces feels like a stripping of delusions that kept you comfortable, right? So Neptune in Pisces allows us to put a dreamlike filter over things. So maybe, maybe your job's not perfect, but you could probably come up with quite a few scenarios that make it better than others, right? Or maybe the, maybe your marriage isn't great. I know uh, we joke that Neptune retrograde coincided with my, I need off this farm, right? That, that was like almost to the day where I was like, oh no, this is no, I've been totally, totally uh, fooling myself. This is not what I want. I need to get back to a city, right? So Neptune tends to give us that spiritual connection, the gratitude, the, the imagination, the, 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 you know, inner world detaching from the ego and the material and cultivating what really matters. We do that really easily. Neptune goes retrograde and all of a sudden our inner world is like, oh no, you hate that. Or, oh no, you really feel like this about this. And we're not able to kind of get up and out of it. We're not able to gaslight ourselves right into happiness. Um, and kind of, you know, takes away some of the ability to conjure up the energy to do something that's not meant for you. Right. So you may have felt like since Neptune went retrograde, um, that was just after the summer solstice things might just feel a little flat. If you were born under a Neptune retrograde, that might not be the case, but to people born under a station direct Neptune, things might feel a little flat, a little less magic, a little less, you know, um, a little less woo able to like conjure up the ethers feel a little bit like, um, whereas before they were like a moving Van Gogh painting. Suddenly it's like, oh, all that's, hmm. You know, I'm not seeing that as, as much in the ethers. And so you have to really cultivate it, dropping the illusions of the world and seeing internally the real magic that is there, that is consistent and cultivating it, cultivating more spiritual connection. You might have to work a little harder for it. You may have to get into nature more often. You might have to, you know, um, meditate much more frequently during a Neptune retrograde. Um, and it's kind of the time I said, put your spiritual money where your spiritual mouth is, right? If you're talking about concepts, are you, are you actually investing in them, um, walking your talk and things like that? And, um, this is a good time. This isn't a negative retrograde. This is a good time because it allows you to get a deeper, um, consistent access to the truth in you, in your inner self, what you know, to be true. And then to build on that. And then once the 
imagination filters come back, it'll be based off of something that is really fortifying, right? Um, Neptune retrograde in Pisces, there will be puddling, right? For everyone. And I feel like we've all seen this routinely. Somebody goes down, they're puddling, <laughs> they're wallowing. People tend to wallow in a Neptune retrograde because the filters have been released, right? And so you're like, oh my gosh, such is life. And if you know a Pisces moon, when the moon is in Pisces in the monthly lunar calendar and it comes up against this Neptune retrograde, like give them a snack and a nap. I'm a Pisces moon. I have it in the calendar when the, when, and like we have a, full moon coming up in September, right? <clears throat> Just saying, this is a good time to get the, get the soothing Hallmark movies, uh, up and on your, uh, calendars. Okay. So palace is retrograde till November 8th. We went over this at the beginning of summer. Um, we did an asteroid workshop of palace and Chiron palace is also in Pisces. Okay. And so there's a lot of this Pisces activation palace is located between Mars and Jupiter. So Jupiter also being retrograde has an effect here. Um, it's going to put a little bit of pressure on our palace as is the Neptune retrograde. Um, this really speaks to our talents, especially in the arts, um, justice, specifically if you're a Libra, right. Um, and your personal power retrograde palace makes things wonky. And with the Neptune retrograde stripping us of our even happy delusions, right, can add to this confusing energy. This is where you want to seek outside help. Don't, I don't trust any um, flashes of, of psychic connection during these retrogrades. I'm almost always phoning a friend or talking to Jared or journaling or meditate. Like I trust nothing once, right? If I get a flash, um, I tend to, uh, stew on it a little bit more when palace is retrograde. I'm actually more excited for palace to go station direct than I am any other of the retrogrades personally for me as a human being. So, um, and we've talked a little bit about that. Um, I was born under a palace retrograde. So I'm always a little wonky on the inside guys. <laughs> so when I'm wonky and the world's wonky, you are too. Yeah. Like I'm always like this. I'm always like, what? But when the world is like this, that's hard, right? Discern discernment feels off. And then your, your trusted advisories, you're like, you're off too. Never mind. You know, <laughs> back to the journal, back to my spirit guides, right? Back to the angels. And you kind of want to take it back. Um, because like I said, everyone will feel this way in some way. So, um, check in with the sermon often. Um, I've noticed in Jared that anything I say, he's like, okay, he just goes along with it. And I'm like, no, no, I'm not to be trusted right now. <laughs> like, ask me questions, show me reality. You're my reality filter. But even he's like, I don't know, the world's crazy. Let's just do it. Um, so this is how we go inward and decipher. Palace is this like, um, war like warrior type energy. Um, yes, everyone has been coming out of the woodwork in palace and, and, it's because we're known as the wonky ones, right? So when people feel wonky, not wonky in a good way, like, like Willy Wonka, -y, right? So we can be a little out here, right? And we get there really quickly. So when other people are like, whoa, this is wackadoo, I'm going to call Jen, 
right? That <laughs> this is why. Um, and so what you want to do inside your life to kind of cultivate this is tap into Pisces. Pisces is that last zodiac sign. It's the wise zodiac sign. It has a little bit of every zodiac sign. It's it's been through it. It is like that meme of Steven Tyler being the grandma that shows up after bad breakup with tarot cards and Pinot Noir. That is Pisces, right? It's like, girl, I've been here. Let's just tell me about it, right? So how that's what you need to work on with Palos Retrograde is, is that how you're gaining power? Are you going high vibe Pisces or are you going low vibe Pisces? Because low vibe Pisces is a puddle. They wallow. They're miserable. They complain constantly, right? Low vibe Pisces are self-delusionary. And I'm a Pisces moon. So here, I'm not attacking anybody. But we even say that with Juniper, her perfect little Pisces-ness. She's so lovely. 99.8% of the time. And she is mad. This is Pisces. Don't just get sad. Pisces get mad. They get mad. They get mad into the depths of their soul. And they absolutely refuse to move on with life until the depths of their soul have been validated by everyone in the room and, and their friends, right? Pisces energy can can be like the ocean that raises ships all at once, or it is absolutely a tsunami. And so it's just, yeah, you have to really check yourself. Are you going high vibe Pisces or low vibe Pisces? And that may change, you know, on and off through this palace retrograde. It's why I can't wait to get out of it. My birthday is November 16th. So this is my gift to myself um, to to not have to feel everybody's stuff. So you want to go wisdom, discernment, intuition, over fear and disillusion and emotional wallowing, um, which is also why I'm not trusting myself as far as selling the farm, right? Because I could just go way off the rails, way, way. Yes, the Kraken in the comments. I feel like I have released the Kraken and it was super funny. Side note, last night, Juniper hates to brush her teeth. Every time we brush her teeth, she acts as if I am trying to bring the reins of Satan down on her soul. Like she literally will just lose all sense of humanity. I feel like she sees the toothbrush from across the room and starts to say, no, thanks. That's what she says. No, thanks. No, thanks. And, and so, and I'm not a forcer parent. I'm not like you will brush your teeth. I'm just like, oh, let's make this fun. And it's about an hour it takes me. And I sing songs and bribery and all sorts of things. I've like had the Kindle on my chest and dance while I brush. I make it fun. I'm like Mary Poppins. But last night it was getting later and later. And I said, Juniper, you have to brush your teeth now because I've got two more minutes before I turn into Cthulhu. And and everyone in the house started laughing because those are my two moods. I'm Mary Poppins or I'm the Kraken. And and it's there's no inner, there's no interplay. It's just one of those two things. So when you said release the Kraken, I was laughing. Yes, like 100%. Um, So Chiron retrograde, the one I don't mind, um, but lots of people tend to. This is until December 19th, 20th. Pay attention to that because this is going to feel when Chiron goes direct this season, it will feel as if the wind is at our backs. The winter solstice happens the next night. The light will be returning steadily. 
the Chiron retrograde will release and we will then have the winter solstice and then the light will return and it will be a totally new kind of day. Um, Chiron retrograde in Aries can feel horribly intense. Um, the Aries energy adds an impulsivity around your healing. Um, it can add a lack of objectivity, right? Like where you just feel it and you just are feeling it and you want to feel it. You don't even want any help to not feel it. Um, right now, this is definitely showing up in as a global energy with identity issues. And I've definitely seen this in a lot of my Instagram friends, like changing their names and changing the content and things like that, which I find is interesting. Um, but people are really seeing like, oh, no, mm -mm, because it's also happening with so many other retrogrades. They're seeing so deeply into themselves. So like, that's not what I want. That's what my mom wanted. Or that's not what I want. That's what my grandpa wanted. Or that's not what I want. That's just what I thought I wanted. Right. And so we're kind of seeing who we are. Um, people are so focused inwardly that they can't even put their stuff on us anymore. So now we're not feeling so much pressure from other people. Um, you can tell how I wrote this, that I like Chiron retrograde, can't you? The other ones are like, no, bad danger. And this one's like, you're going to see who you really are. It's really great guys. We can all get along. I do like trauma work. So there's that anytime I feel it coming up in myself, I'm like, Ooh, this is a fun pattern to unfold. Right. Um, but you start to see patterns differently and you, you, what you want to do to work with Chiron retrograde is to take a real strong look at who do you blame most often. It'll be more obvious to you during a Chiron retrograde. Um, I always say as a Chiron retrograde native that I have a hard time blaming anybody. I just blame myself. I can, I can see myself in almost every bad decision I've ever made. I look back, I'm like, oh yeah, no. Even when it's definitely someone's fault, something went bad. I can see the decisions I made that allowed me to, you know, ignore the red flags, right? Over and over and over again. That kind of stuff will be easier and easier to get at during a Chiron retrograde. Childhood stuff is coming up a lot. Um, it really hit us in spring though. Um, when we were under the sun in Aries, there was a lot of, um, <clears throat> I don't know if I want to say there was a lot of fighting in the world. And I've seen over the last few months as Chiron's been retrograde in Aries, that there's been less outward fighting and more, what is true for me? What is true for my family? What do I need to do in my life? How can I do this? and still be part of the world or this community? And what do I have to do to make it right in, in order to thrive? So um, yes, and uh, okay, approaching your Chiron return and a Chiron retrograde native. Ooh-wee. So your natal Chiron is an Aries. So this spring you will be, okay. Um, yes. So it will get more intense as it becomes exacting to your Chiron in Aries. Um, but you will be feeling this more. I almost, <laughs> you're just going to watch it. You, when Chiron goes, <laughs> no joke. When Chiron goes direct this close to a Chiron return, um, <clears throat> it could feel like the same way that adolescence feels like I'm a, I'm just going to burn all this up and start over, especially with a Chiron and Aries, you want to burn up trauma anyway. Right. Like, um, 
Yes. Like the British are coming a hundred percent. It's like, you better, you want to get it right. You want to just, um, remember though, you have a different energy you can tap into when, when we think of Aries, we think of all that impulsive, like, um, bullheaded, uh, ignition type energy, but Mars rules Aries. Aries is, this is what I'm going to, quote dragon ball again guys it's super saiyan time right it's super saiyan time and if you don't know what that means i have nothing else to say but it's like when you are um reacting to your environment on an instinctual psychic precognition way you have to get to a point where you can trust that that's what a chiron return in aries will feel like you don't you won't be able to think about much It, it could feel heavy if you try to think 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 because your chiron is an aries so you want to feel, 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 feel like move, be more fluid, more, more prepared. Um, yeah, that's, that's a fun spring is going to be fun for you. Hey, so, um, (laughs) that's exciting. Uh, yeah. So you're really preparing and cultivating and you want to look at that stuff too. If you're born under a retrograde and it's also a return in your, and it's in the sign you were born under, you want to think like, how can I tap into the ruler of this? How can I tap into more Aries energy? You want to cultivate Aries in your life. Um, and then this is a good time for this because Uranus retrograde. It's a nice segue in Taurus. So when you think of Uranus, Uranus also is, uh, it's slow, right? It takes like 80, 90 years to orbit. And so seven years in each sign. So it's also a generational type of placement and, um, rebellion goes in generations, right? Because you're in a, and that's what you're in. It's all about individuality, challenging authority. Um, that's, this is why we're seeing certain people really like rattling the cages of, of freedom. Um, and some people see freedom totally differently than other people see freedom. And it's because I believe it's because of this Uranus placement, right? Um, how we see and identify and define freedom can feel very different. Um, Uranus also rules that intuitive um, disruption where you may be the irritant, right? <laughs> that, that decides like, nope, I don't like that. And I'm going to change it. Like Uranus is definitely that spontaneous sort of placement. Being retrograde in Taurus, <clears throat> Taurus is the um, fixed earth sign right? And so it is the earth that holds together the forest, the roots of the trees. It's multifaceted. Taurus is slow moving and methodical because fast moving earth is a landslide, right? And it's no good for anybody. So you really think of Taurus as that very stable energy. When we're retrograding um, Uranus through Taurus, we're looking at foundational things that need to shift and need to change, but we need to be smart about it. Um, otherwise it'll be very painful be like a landslide hurts everybody um uranus retrograde i like ways to work with this you want to seek your most authentic you this is actually the time to and if you guys follow me on instagram or you've heard me talk about it i've been working with the kids um for during this uranus retrograde to redefine their wardrobes and their clothes and their rooms right how do they want to look? How do they feel on the inside? What do they want other people to know about them at a first meeting, right? The first impression, what kind of 
image do they want to portray? This is the kind of stuff under Uranus retrograde in Taurus. Taurus is about luxury and feeling good. You want to feel good in your body. You want to feel good in your hair. You want to feel good in your clothes. Um, so learning how to dig into you and find your authentic self and um, have some of that radical individuality, even the things that maybe you got made fun of as a teenager, maybe bring some of that back up now that you're an adult and you don't really care as much what people think about you. Um, bringing your inner being into your outer reflection, trusting your story to be unique. Even if you have the same sort of story as somebody else, nobody will tell it exactly like you, right? Bringing more of your story into the ethers and um, kind of honing some of that gifting for the world. So I'm going to pause the recording. Okay, so I'm going to show how to do astro.com to look at a birth chart. I'm going to go home. I think when you log into astro.com or like when you type it in <laughs> my uh my lack of tech is really showing right this is really unsmooth of me so everyone bear with me so this is what it looks like it should look like when you just kind of log in and then you can go over to um i believe it's this one this looks different than when i log into my professional account okay or not professional, but my paid account. Is it horoscope drawings and data? And extended chart selection, I believe. Yes, I made it. Okay, this is the place where you go. So you wanna look at the extended chart selection and I'm going to add a new person so that it's completely new and we will do today. Um, is it the 28th? Mm, actually, no, I'm going to do a birthday so that it can show like the rising and everything. 1980. Let's just do my birthday to make this easy. And then I pretty much show everybody my chart all the time anyway. Okay. So then it brings up your, this will be the base information it wants to give you, right? And if you wanted to see your basic chart, you would click here to show the chart. However, we are going to look down. I always use the defaulted um, house system. It's the easiest place to start. And you don't wanna mess, um, Placidus is fine too. You don't wanna mess with any kind of house system until you already understand the base one and why house systems are what they are. Um, when you go into here, so there's traditional astrology options, um, you can turn off, right? So like a traditional astrologer would want to turn off Uranus, um, Neptune and Pluto. They would want to turn off Chiron, things like that, but we don't want that. Um, and so you can do six fixed stars, right? So it'll show you six of the major ones. If you wanted to do that for ease, I'm not going to click that right now. Then you go down to asteroids. Um, whenever I'm doing a birth chart, I also want to know Lilith, right? Um, and then I 
do you hold the shift down and then do Chiron, Ceres, Pallas, Juno, Vesta, Eris, Volus. Um, you don't have to know all of these, but those are the ones that I do, right? Um, and then go up here to click to show the data. And so this will be the birth chart. This is my birth chart. Um, I tend to stick up here. I like to look at it myself. However, I'm gonna show you guys where you can go down here. Now, um, this will list all of the major planets, planetary bodies and asteroids, right? And then it tells you um, what sign they're in, what degree, what minute and seconds they are. So this will give the clearest picture. Um, and then here also you can see if there's any like critical degrees. So 0, 14, 29, I look at that right away. Um, but that's another class for another time. But <laughs> also I like astro.com because here it shows you your cardinal fixed and mutable, right? Um, as you can see, I am very cardinal based. And then it shows you fire, air, earth, water. You can see I'm a lot of fire and air. I'm very combustible um, and unstable. <laughs> and then I've got a lot of water as well. So it kind of gives you an idea, a little bit of your like base picture. But then when you look at, and then Audrey too, like when you do this, when you look at this, this is where your um, everything was born, everything was when you were born, you can go up and click this with transits. Now this will show you in the outer ring where things are in transit, right? So we've got the sun in Virgo, Mars in Virgo, Mercury in Virgo. Then you just have to go around and find your, um, the asteroids you're looking for. For some reason, that sounds like these are the droids you're looking for. These are the asteroids you are looking for. Um, and it will also show you down here on the chart, if the chart up here makes you feel a little wonky, it'll show you over here where they are. So um, if the if my natal folus is at 27 degrees Pisces, and it come over here, and it's at 2 degrees Capricorn, and it's retrograde, that's what that little R means. So if you go up and you find Capricorn, there's Folus right there. And then if you drag, you like draw an imaginary line, that's in my 10th house, right? <clears throat> and so that's how you would look to see where these are taking place in your house system. And so um, I'm gonna check the chat to see if there's any questions while I have this up. Audrey, are you seeing this? Okay, that makes more sense. Okay. Um, and so like when I'm this weekend, right, we're talking about the moon conjunct Uranus retrograde and Taurus in the weekend forecast. I talked about how this was going to be a big deal for all of us this weekend. You can see that the moon is conjunct this Uranus retrograde right here in Taurus. And then so if you follow that in, see that's happening in my first house. It's a wee bit important for me this, this weekend. It's a little bit of a big deal. And then it's also happens to be Uranus retrograde is also conjunct my Chiron in Taurus. They're at the same degrees. And so if you go down here, you can look at this chart and you can see that um, Uranus is at 14 degrees Taurus, right? And my Chiron is at 15 degrees Taurus. So that's an orb of less than one degree. 
So that's, that's where you can see just how conjunct they are. And you can look at the moon transits at 18 degrees Taurus. So it's, I'm kind of out of the hot zone now, three degrees, you know, is where it's going to be tight. It's like yesterday was more of a big deal. So like, that's where, when I'm talking about that, like in the forecast and stuff, that's how to find out where it's going to impact you is you want to find out what house it's, it's happening in for you. Um, and so, yes. And then, no, I'm going to leave it alone. No, I'm not. I'm going to add some fixed stars and show you what I'm saying. Um, the reason why I like fixed stars so much. No, no, I'm not going to complicate it. I'm just going to do the six. So then <laughs> when you get into your fixed stars and you come through, um, maybe I should have Sean's chart. You have some intense fixed star activations, right? So, uh, but here's one over here. So my Chiron, um, it's not conjunct Elgol. That's what that ALG stands for but it is close enough that when the moon is right in between where my Chiron is and this fixed star, I tend to have things, right? And so if you, oh, I thought Sean was about to say something. So uh, if you, you were- I was actually gonna say, if you wanna show my chart, you're welcome to. I can give you my info, if that'd be helpful. No, I was going to just highlight, I think it's your Algol has a direct, isn't something conjunct Algol in your birth chart? I'll, I'll look and I'll tell you. Um, simply because some of these fixed stars are a little bit more aggressive than others. My birth Vesta is conjunct Regulus. That shows up for me a lot in my life. Um, and so <laughs> sometimes when you think like, um, oh, I don't know, this placement should be good, but it's kind of always messing me up. Right. Or like it never kind of shows up like this in my life. Sometimes if you look and it's near a fixed star, um, that is awful. <laughs> it, you can be like, Oh, okay. That makes, that makes more sense. Now with me, Regulus is actually, I'm lucky, right? Because Vesta is like, a really strong placement for in Virgo and Regulus is also a pretty positively aspected, um, fixed star. So I tend to be really good at homemaking and setting an environment and, uh, I'm big into altars, right? Obviously with spiral, but I'm, I'm big into creating rituals and, 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 and that happens to be a really weird thing that I feel like my Vesta and Regulus do for me. So anyway, that was a lot to say. Bye, Marissa. Okay, I'm going to stop the recording.